What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Kicks and Picks podcast, the second in our summer series, State of the Club. Very special episode today. We will be covering Juventus. And for that, we have absolutely the greatest guest we could ever hope for, Alberto. You guys know him as Berto from the All Juve cast. Berto, thank you so much for making the time. We're rolling into the Calcio Mercato. How are you feeling at this moment? Oh, man. Silly season in full effect, my friend. In full effect. Thank you for having me on. Uh, absolute pleasure. I'm pumped to be here. And uh, yeah, Mercado, man. Silly season. And uh, always uh, nothing uh, short of uh, topics to discuss surrounding Juventus uh, and especially come uh, Mercado season. And uh, it's uh, it's just hilarious, man. It just never, never fails. Even stuff that's confirmed for us we just still battle and don't believe whatever. And that starts with the head coach. So yeah, we always have a lot to talk about around Juventus and yeah, we have a blast on the all UV cast for sure. Only, only in Italy. And and we've covered the team a lot last year. Uh, we bet on them an awful lot. Um, obviously some, some good things to talk about, some bad things to talk about. So before we even get into what's going on in the summer, we want to take a quick look back at last season. Um, want to get your thoughts just generally on, on how you thought Juve performed, um, you know, champions league, little rough group stage exit down to the Europa league in the semifinals out three to two, uh, to eventual champ Sevilla seventh in Serie A, 62 points. That is a little bit misleading because they were deducted 10 points when it was all said and done. Um, I, I think 72 points on the pitch would have gotten them in third place. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, love to get your thoughts. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, the start was really, really abysmal, really, and it just felt like uh, not maybe enough progress was made with Max having the preseason, getting some of the guys he wanted. Uh, we know we were dealing with uh, waiting for Chiesa to come in. We had the Pogba scenario that hit early on, like so that hurt us, but. Uh, Honestly, the same that I could say for the start of the year kind of carried through throughout the whole season. It was really just uninspiring from Juve. Um, and that's the word I would probably choose. Even while we were getting results, that belief in the team was always in question. And we saw play through Champions League. Um you know, while we can talk about the point deduction and everything, towards the end of the season, I started to find myself personally feeling like it might have been a mask really to everything that was actually going on with the team. And this team couldn't ever find the right chemistry or get through the gears. And even all this stuff we were hearing at the start of the year, we had doubts in Max Allegri putting it together. Once he got Pogba back in the lineup, Chiesa back in the lineup and being able to play Vlaovic, Di Maria and Chiesa. And yeah, they just never really got going. And at the start of the year, the Champions League, you can't get a split with Maccabi and you got to do a little bit more with Benfica there. So I thought we could have come out of that group and the fact that we didn't and the way it went down was just awful, awful. And we found some results, but again, uninspiring going into that uh, world cup break. And then we were like, okay, let's get it going for the next year. And we were always waiting for them to turn the corner. It just didn't feel like it ever really happened. And you brought up Sevilla um, the deeper we went in Europa League, same thing. It was like, okay, we're going to have to start turning it up like offensively and get our key guys being our key guys if we really want to take this thing down. And Max just couldn't do it. He couldn't, he couldn't do it. He couldn't get Vlaovic outside of this island. And Vlaovic had his own personal struggles. Uh, once Chiesa come back, he really wasn't the Chiesa we've come to know. And Di Maria looked like he didn't even want to be there for the most part. So... And he left. <laughs> yeah. Going to Benfica. So yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I, I can remember for us specifically talk about it. Th those games against um, Maccabi was like that, that seemed like the, the turning point in the season, just that, that belief never got back on track. I think you put a, that's a great word that you use there. Yeah, it just that's that's the feeling uh, you always had and the fans were battling. We had some good results, you know, like we talked about finishing up before the World Cup break uh, with uh, a decent streak. I think about six or seven wins in the league in a row, including victories over Inter and Lazio. But 
you still felt there was so much more. And there was a lot of shape-shifting from Max, too, early on. And uh, 4-4-2, 4-3-3, 3-5-2, and constantly going in and out of these things. And uh, over-reliance on McKenney and a couple other guys and not that willingness to get into, like, Fajoli and Gatti who then later on in the season proved their worth and whatnot. And Fajoli was actually a big turning point, I think, for when we did start stringing together a lot of decent results and whatnot, because that midfield three of Rabio, Locatelli, and Fajoli ended up being our best. But again, you know, it's those doubts in Max, because when he had Fajoli in there, he came in, he was doing well, he was giving us something that we weren't getting from Weston McKinney. And I said, you know, and a lot of fans did, they said, watch when McKinney comes back from his injury i bet you anything he sits for joel and he did that he did that and we were all like here you go you know it's just like it felt like same old same old is max gonna change because one of the things everybody said when he came back if max doesn't change then juve is not going to change for the better and it's up in the air whether he has or not i would say probably to this point no probably really hasn't changed much at all yeah i i mean i think that's fair um Let's talk about on a, on a personnel level, um, you know, who, who stood out for you, right? Well, who was the breakthrough guy um, or guys? Um, and, and at the same time, was there anybody that was a little bit disappointing? Um, you know, I know you mentioned already Pogba, right? I think that that injury crisis um, certainly didn't expect to linger that long, but would, would love your thoughts there. Yeah, I think for Pogba, an injury, I don't really hold against the player so much because I mean, I've always said it for him, like, and when he came in, we saw it later in the year, like his quality is miles ahead of everybody else on that team. So I, I feel for him because it's an injury thing and it's hard for me to really pers- just put blame on him and say that he was a big disappointment for me. The other disappointments were Vlaovic was a huge, huge disappointment. Um, and I do think it's not all on him. I think it's up to Max because if I look at our other strikers, uh, Moise Keane and Milik, I don't think anybody was really thriving in, as a striker at Juventus. And as a forward uh, group in general, they were all pretty lackluster uh, in general. So hard to pin it to just guys, but Flaovic for sure, we would have expected more. Di Maria uh, had a few good performances throughout that season, but largely, largely underwhelming. And for that, I'm not going to put really on him. I really think we just misused him completely um so again disappointment but i don't put on him paredes was absolutely brutal that that one actually made me upset because of the fact we missed out on a year where rovella could have been progressing with us and that one hurts the most so the paredes one hurts as far as guys that stood out uh well rabio rabio stood out and i mean that also is telling of the season when rabio is your high school scorer so that paints a, a big picture for us, but he did have a, a solid year for himself. Uh, we've got the one year renewal and that's kind of got fans uh, split and whatnot, but he was uh, arguably one of our best with uh, Danilo. I thought Gatti towards the end showed a lot and in characteristics, we need to see more of out of Juventus, which is that fight and that drive and that hunger and whatnot. And I think obviously he's green in terms of the savvy on the pitch, but that'll just come. Um, you don't get experience unless you're in there getting the minutes. So yeah, but uh, that would be it for uh, really the breakthrough guys. I think uh, Fajoli obviously has to be in there because of what he provided uh, and what we were lacking in that midfield. So uh, he's going to be in there for me for a breakthrough as well. I think it's interesting. You called out that, you know, some of the the disappointing performances from some of these players came down to potentially like how they're being used or, or misused in your words. And so obviously that kind of points towards the manager and Allegri at that, at that point, um, you know, Allegri, I think had mixed reviews from us throughout the season on the pod. I, I mean, Nick made, made liberal use of his meme of, of Allegri and his suit kind of looking little confused at times um but yeah. i think he ended up getting a lot of credit from us towards the second half of the yeah. season where do you think things stand with him in his state at the club like is he pretty safe this year or do you think if they have kind of another down season well not that they really had a down season this year but if, if things For don't go as it. well as they historically do um could he be somebody that maybe takes a, a little bit of the brunt of the blame there and, and has to you know get moved on 
Yeah, I think when it comes to Max, uh, I, first of all, am shocked, even at the cost that we were talking about to get rid of him, that he's actually still there. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a mess financially with everything they have going on, obviously losing Champions League resources, trying to fight back from a serious deficit, which at one year was $254 million in the hole. They've worked it up to negative uh, 120, whatever. They're supposed to get more sales this year, apparently, to help that even further. But in terms of uh, FFP, we would still be, if we cleaned it up to the rumors that we're supposed to, which we won't hit, which is cleaning it up 120 million euros, which won't happen this Mercado. We Even if we did that, we would be double the allotted amount over a three-year period. We're going to face pe- penalties regardless. Um, for me, I don't see if, if UV wants to uh, clean this up properly, they would literally have to scrap their biggest guys in this Mercado, which is it just absolutely can't happen. If you want to tackle some of the objectives for next season, get back to those resources. So something's got to give. And I've been saying for a while, I would not be shocked and expect some type of bond coming in from XOR. And I'm surprised it hasn't kind of been done now, but that would be kind of the thing that I think is saving Max. Everything that I got um, from my source was that Calvo had a plan when he came in and it was Juntoli and it was two ex players as part of a management team with Juntoli and a new coach. Apparently it went to vote. Max still got the votes to remain. And they didn't pull the trigger financially and whatnot. And they decided, okay, we're going to work on roster and whatnot. But I think going into this year, he has got an extremely short leash. Has to. The numbers, the figures it's going to take to get rid of him now also drop. And it just, it has to be that way. Uh, again, there's a lot of surprise that he is still in that seat. But uh in terms of now, there is still some rumbling. Something could go down, but I highly, highly doubt it. I never say never when it comes to anything football-related and Mercado-wise, whatnot. Never say never, but highly doubtful he's not behind the bench this season. And uh, some fans are still holding out hope because they want to see a change there, but I highly doubt it. But I think he is going to be on a very short leash because I keep going back to this while some fans are trying to, you know, talk things up and be optimistic about the season and say, look, without the point penalty, whatever, we're in third place, whatever. But you got to be kidding if you're thinking that Max was brought in to just get a top four spot in this league yeah. and and zero trophies through two seasons domestically. If you think he was brought in with just being a top four side in Syria, you're grossly mistaken. So... Yeah. Something's got to give at some point. We're on year three, and the biggest thing is going to be progress. And one of the other outlying issues when we talked about player performances and standout players and whatnot, um, it comes down to that too. While people have this theory that, no, you can win defensively and all that, and it doesn't matter if you're playing offensively and how many goals you score whatnot, it kind of, in a sense, does if your key assets are always dropping value. Mm-hmm. And you can't get, you find yourself in this situation. You want to sell a guy. It's like, okay, he just put up brutal numbers. Your value is yeah. Down in the gutter. it's like, okay. So it kind of does matter. So I've never really liked that argument. Obviously you got to be able to go through all the gears, but you have to have your key guys firing too and being your key guys. So yeah. Max takes a lot of criticism from me this year, for sure. Part manager, part portfolio manager, I guess. Um, oh man. Yeah. I- like- <laughs> It's got to happen though. You can't, you can't have your key guys not being your key guys. Right. Yeah. Did I see that he yeah. turned down a, an offer to go to the Saudi Arabia league or was Allegedly. that kind of hubbub? So that was a funny one, man. Usually you don't get the top guys uh, kind of contradicting one another very often, but that did. So there was an offer from Saudi, a first offer right on the champions league final weekend. And quickly was said that he rejected it, turned it down, whatever. And uh, then uh, we heard rumblings there was going to be another offer, a follow-up offer coming to Max from Saudi. And then it was reported that it did. Yeah. Some of the top guys came out and said, no, there's no such thing. There's no 
new uh nico skira actually came out said there's no offer whatever but he was getting the information from allegri's entourage so they told him no there was no new offer out of saudi no increased offer the very next day fabrizio romano who doesn't put anything out unless it's confirmed essentially comes out says oh yeah no there was a new offer he had it in hand on thursday rejected it on the weekend and it was a huge offer yeah like, like 20 mil a year with yeah. a 15 mil bonus uh three years guaranteed so yeah and uh, he said no and you got to figure i mean if you're looking at it from max's perspective I bet you that offer is still there in december like if things go bad at, at uve and, and he's out before christmas like that offer will still be there. They're not going to be turning him down if he suddenly comes back to them six months later and says, hey, like if you got something for me, I'm sure they'll find somebody to to kick out and to bring him in. Oh, yeah. And there's some tinfoil uh, theories out there about uh, tinfoil hat theories about why he's getting an offer out of Saudi Arabia out of nowhere and whatever. And it has something to do with a partial sale of Juventus potentially and whatnot. So that's kind of the theories rumbling because everybody's like, why out of nowhere when there's, if you're talking about a draw coach for the league and what they're trying to do, obviously there's guys available that would be draw coaches, like free of jobs. Right. So to go after a guy that's confirmed that has two more years on his contract, it is kind of strange if you sit back and think about it. So that's their theory whatnot. But yeah, he's going to have the offer. It'll be there for sure. It's funny to hear the reactions from the fans, though, because you have some of them that still back Max that will say, you know what, I appreciate him sticking around and wanting to get it right and still having that because it'd be easy for a lot of coaches to walk away. But then you have the majority of the fan base that's like, man, just take the offer, walk away help us right because they just feel that he is in fact um the issue and it really comes down to what you think out of max is he a builder do we need a builder right now or do we need the guy that uh what he's tend to be is have something that's already built and then kind of enhance it right and we've heard ex-players like licksteiner talk about that too so yeah it's a tough one i think I think it's a good segue to, to get into the mercato talk a little bit more but i'll give you my tin, my tinfoil hat theory before we, we skip to that I think Saudi Arabia is not right, really in the business right now of getting turned down. So I don't think they want to submit offers to managers or players if they know for a fact they're going to say no because it looks bad on their league. And so my guess is there's probably been somebody, at least in his entourage, that reached out to them about potential interest and in seeing the money that some of these players and, and managers were getting um, and at least indicated there would be some mutual interest, if, if nothing else. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that, and it threw me for a loop because – you would think his entourage, there was the theory that his entourage planted that to make the Juve fans feel like, wow, he turned down all that money to stay with mm. us and whatnot. Mm. But when his entourage told Nico Skira that, no, there's been no offer, and then Romano confirms the next day that, oh, yeah, there was an offer on Thursday from that kind of leads me to believe that it's, I don't think they were seeking it out really. I don't know. It, it's a weird one to follow. It definitely is. But uh, one way or another, yeah, he's. Uh, I expect him there coaching the start of the year for sure. So yeah, and you mentioned the money, and I think it really comes down to money. I mean, we were talking about it on the podcast what well, got probably back in November, December, like maybe he's out the door. But then you see how much money they would owe him, and there's no way they're gonna they're gonna can him with all the financial issues that have been going on with the club. And I mean, I guess from the outsider's perspective, if he had gone to Saudi Arabia as someone who's a fan of another Serie A club. I think he would have been doing Juve a favor at this point. I mean, I, I can't imagine a lot of the players that are there still want to play for him, especially the more like attack minded players like a Chiesa, the way he's utilized in that side. Like this guy was a star at the, at the Euros, right? I know he got hurt and everything, but he's kind of wasting away there now with, with the tactics. And you mentioned all the different formations and, you know, playing yeah. the three, five, two, he's getting stuck out in the wing back, kind of like Mourinho does with Zalewski from my club Roma. And, and you kind of, and Zalewski's not on Chiesa's level by any means, but it's kind of like the same thing you're, wasting an attacking talent out wide playing defensive duties. And like, you, you got to think a lot of the players are souring on him. 
Oh yeah, it's like uh, Chiesa uh, was wing back there. It's like those uh, FIFA shapeshifters card. Nick was loving the Orsolini uh, right back card I posted there the other day. I was so confused. I was like, "What is this? What are you talking about?" <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's things like that, right? I mean, uh, Chiesa, we've been complaining uh, when he did get back in there of how he was being used, and even as a second striker or whatnot. It just again, it's all it's all got to make sense. Di Maria being used. Uh, too deep dropping back just to pick up the ball in the midfield and whatnot. You want that guy in and around the area and mm-hmm. he's a winger all day. Kiesa, same thing. He's a touchline winger, whatnot. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I always feel like when we talk about, cause it came down to the point where fans were essentially battling themselves on where does this roster stand? Is this, is it just the roster? And they feel like it's, it's not so much on max. It's just the roster. I have a real problem with that. When I watch teams with far less talent play so much better and be able to go through the gears and actually just how they operate makes sense for the players they have. And for me, it really, for the most part, doesn't. And when we're talking about a team with the highest paid manager, when you're playing at the start of the year, you get to the end of the year and your team shows as little chemistry at the end of the year, as they did at the beginning, mm. something's not right. And yeah, when you start hearing about players later on the year, and I always said, come down to crunch time at the very end, start listening to the players. Cause you'll start getting more information about what's actually going on. And when you start hearing veterans come out and speak about it, guys like Chesney too, who's, he said nothing his whole tenure at Juventus. Now all of a sudden he's speaking out about the approach and everything and saying, yeah, our approach was, totally wrong for Sevilla and whatnot. And they wasted the first leg, which they did. And uh, the second leg against Dinter in the Copa Italia semi, my God, probably one of the worst matches I've seen uh, over and over again, you're questioning approach. It, it's, it's more than uh, players there, but Chiesa for me, you know, Locatelli, Gatti, Bremer, even Blaovic, these guys got to be locked down and these are pillars, whatnot. And again, it's not just a one guy, a two guy thing. Like this is, uh, there's a number of guys underperforming at Juve and overall how the team plays. It's just, there's no chemistry there and there's problems. Maybe, maybe there's some help coming in technically that I have a feeling I'm going to make a call that Max is actually going to maybe uh, let go of some of that stubbornness and get some help offensively, to be honest. But I don't know if it's uh, if it's going to be enough that when you start hearing about the conflict behind closed doors of upper management reminds me about the year he actually left. And it's taken me back to that time. And I don't like it, to be honest. I think that's interesting. Uh, last thing I want to say, because I do want to move on to the market, but this uh, Scotty mentioned it. I think we all kind of came around on him and, and none of us are Juve fans. So we're, we're on the outside looking in. True. I just want to do you agree with this statement or not, or true or false. I feel like any other coach in Serie A has this team last year. They're in the bottom half of the table. I, I don't think they recover. I mean, I don't think the squad is up to Juve's expectations. Or I mean, I think that um, with the with the board and, and the finances and the trials and all this shit, getting out of Champions League, I thought Max held it together decently well to kind of you know to to keep them where they were i feel like any other coach in the league probably doesn't get those same results i agree or disagree i agree because while i have you know my criticisms of max and whatnot and that's just i because i believe that the roster isn't as bad as it was made out to be and i think he could have got more out of the team and definitely better offensively but i will say this there's probably a lot of coaches that probably would have walked out of that when they had to be the sole guy facing the pressers yeah. on a situation he had zero to do with. Okay. And just being thrown to the wolves week in week out on these pressers facing all the heat for all the bullshit that's going on. I feel for him there. And I give him a lot of credit for dealing with that and how he did. And towards the end of the season, I think you could see it wear on him in the pressers, whatever, because he did start to get edgy and start to lose it a bit on certain uh, 
you know, uh, journalists out there and whatnot. So he did start to kind of break a bit, which was very unmax like, but, uh, Hey, that's normal. It was taking his toll for, uh, it was taking his toll on him. And I could see why he did a good job. All things considered, I think, right. but I still at. say at the end of the day and why I criticize him is because I still say in my mind, looking at that team, even factoring in the injuries and everything that gone on, I still think there was a lot missing and there was a lot more we could have done. And I still think we should have left that season with at least one trophy, either Copa Italia or Europa League, to be honest. And if you ask me why we faltered there, it's because of approach. And that ultimately yeah. comes down to your manager. And when, again, you get to these players that start to talk about it, when it's one guy, okay, you can brush it off. When it's four, five, six, and there's rumors of the locker room losing faith, and some of them are key assets, you got to listen, right? So that's why I feel that way. But I do agree with you. Fair I enough. think some other guys would have probably walked away, to be honest. Yeah. So talk about what happened. Let's talk about what's in front of us. Summer activity starting to heat up. Um, we got. I think Wea is already confirmed to come in. Um, so we're familiar with him here from the U S national team. Uh, I think we're on year six or seven of Milinkovic Savage rumors. So I, you know, I'm a Lazio supporter. I've been hearing this. Um, I feel like it's, it's potentially more true than it has been, but uh, how are your feelings about the market currently that, you know, this is the first week of July. Um, I mean, do you have a, a positive outlook? Is any realistic targets you're thinking of? What's the biggest need for this squad? I think right now, uh, as far as outlook goes, it's still too early, still way too early to tell. Uh, you ultimately want to rate them at the end of it and what goes down. I think in some of the pieces that have been done so far, Kulishevsky sale is uh, pretty much done, which is great. Had to get a deal there. Uh, Zakaria is very close to being finalized. It's just down to uh, some slight difference on the numbers. They should be figuring that out over the next few days. That was literally just reported a couple hours ago. And uh, that'll be good for Juve too, because it does get us closer to Sergei Malinkovic-Savage apparently, because that's uh, what they want to do. Fullback is still a top priority. So I would like to see the Parisi deal wrapped up. And I think it will be wrapped up. I just... Don't know when we keep it, it. It's taken me back to the Locatelli PTSD from that deal and all these meetings and meetings and meetings. It's like, okay, just get it done. Like it was seven or eight million to 12 million and a Ranokia getting involved in the deal. Just finalize it because we need that. Wea, I think it was a, a good pickup. I know that the majority of the fan base, from what I've been seeing in our uh, YouTube posts and everything and on Twitter, is just very, very underwhelmed by the signing. And I think you've got to take it for what it is. I think if you're thinking this is like a marquee signing for us, it isn't. So don't treat it as such, right? But if you look at Wea, the fact that he can play top to bottom on a flank, left or right, okay? The fact that he costs us 10 mil, the fact that he's making 2 mil a season, this is low, low risk utility player coming in and you're losing uh, a utility player in Juan Cuadrado. Is he going to have the savviness of uh, and Serie A experience as uh, uh, Cuadrado? No. But is he going to be able to maybe offer you a little bit more in where Cuadrado was lacking? Potentially. Potentially. And you got Di Maria leaving too. That's coverage there. Is he going to be your 1A signing in those roles? No. But low risk and the potential for big reward. If this thing doesn't work out, can we not make a sale above six mil in two years time if we have to absolutely it's for me it's there's nothing wrong with this signing we we could potentially have a big big game there and if it plays out and he works out and he finds a, a spot and he's even competing for a 1a spot that's huge for juventus huge based on what they spent yeah, I think it's great. I think um he, he strikes me as a guy where like the talent and, and the athleticism is there can he learn the tactics of playing in Serie A? And if he can, you nailed it. You can slot him in just about any position on the field. Yeah. He was impressive for the U.S. national team at the uh, the Nations League in, in those last two matches. I, yep. there, there is talent there. And I think at that price tag, it's it's a worthwhile risk for Juve, if you want to call it a risk. If there's fans that are underwhelmed by the signing, it's not 
not a big number in this in this market. Yeah, absolutely. You're paying two mil a season uh, again. So much coverage in terms of uh, versatility. It's uh, that's just a no brainer. That's a fine piece of business. I have no problems with that whatsoever. It doesn't stop any other moves that we had in mind or we're going to make. So I see no problems with it, you know? Yeah. And if the player that he's, I don't want to say replacing directly, but if, like you said, it's, it's one out one in type with Quadrado. Quadrado's certainly passed his prime years. And I'll say anecdotally as someone that really watched Juve more often than not just when I had something riding on them and, and usually it was corners. I found that whenever the ball found its way to Quadrado, I just knew that was going to be going out for a goal kick. That there was nothing good was coming out of that. There was never going to be anything. It was either going to be a, a shot that was flying way over the crossbar, or he's going to like miss hit a cross and it was just going to roll across the, the the box and then out for for a goal kick. So I just knew anytime he had that ball, I was like, no, no corners coming on this possession. Yeah, Quadrado, man, he, I don't think I can think of a player that could take you through the range of emotions as quickly as Juan Cuadrado, man, from like the lowest of lows to the highest of highs, right back to the lowest of lows, like within a matter of like just minutes, it's unbelievable, but he's got a ton of clutch moments uh, over his time at uh, UV and whatnot is uh, he's up there with assist leaders. I actually thought yeah. he was going to pass uh, Pavel. It didn't end up uh, having uh, good numbers there uh, enough to get there, but yeah, he, uh, He's got the numbers, got a ton of clutch moments. It's it's uh it's crazy for how much frustration he's offered. He's always uh he's always done his part. Uh and uh he's got a lot of big uh big game moments too. I'll uh be thankful for his time, but you know, it, it that feeling that it's the end has been there for a bit. So yeah. Yeah. I'll give him credit though. He never really he, he was very committed to playing the same way he has his whole career even till the bitter end. And he did have some moments where he pulled it out. You know, it, it just became fewer and far between as he kind of yeah. got there toward the end of the end of the, his stint. Yeah, for sure. The body starts to go and then the mind starts to follow. And I think that's what you started to see with just the decision-making and the, the, the losing the ability to win a lot of one V ones really hurt his game over the past couple of years. So yeah. it's what it is. I just wanted to throw this in because we were talking about way of being signed for, for such a low number. I was looking on transfer market. I know the Locatelli move originally was a two-year loan and, and that comes due, right? The 30 million is due this market. And so is Moise Keane I'm seeing here on transfer market too, right? Yeah. So you mentioned how Juve is in this financial FFP situation, just like Roma is, just like a lot of these Serie A clubs are. But that's, and I know Kulisevsky's move kind of offsets one of those transfers coming in, but that's a lot of money for two guys that, I mean, especially Keen, like he hasn't produced anywhere near a 30 million euro price tag. So how much do you think that affects like the incoming Mercato now? I know Zakaria is going to probably be out for 18 to 20, that range maybe, but it's a lot of money to make up for a team that's kind of no Champions League money and struggling. Yeah, that money's apparently been accounted for in their kind of plans for the Mercato and everything. Obviously it would have had to been because it come due the local money and then the Keen money. There was talks uh, for a while there midway through season that Keane could be dealt, whatever could be sold, but they're not going to find the number to offset because that was an obligation for us to purchase mm -hmm. at uh, the 30. I, I thought it was 38, but that might've been with the loan. So yeah, they're just not going to see the money they need. So they had to do that. I think uh, they probably, even though it was a low figure might not have uh, re-signed Milik if they were concerned or whatnot, I think they would have been a little more conservative. Or you could say the fact that with those numbers going out, Locatelli and Keane, that's why they were pushing so hard for Rabio on his uh, take take advantage of the growth decree and then Milik on that low number from Marseille, right? So that could be the part that could also play in the part with... Uh, uh Wea and the fact that he plays multiple roles and then you'll see Parisi we'll get Cambiasso back who we own Rovella coming back who we own I'm pumped for Rovella by the way we call it the Rovella hive at the AJC uh got a lot of supporters uh, rooting for that kid and uh yeah I, I think they've been planning for it and it's all going according to plan like I said they made a massive massive cut already of plus like over 100 mil they're going to keep working that with wages. It's why you're seeing them work so hard on cleaning up that dead weight finally, which is going to be one of the big measuring sticks for 
Juntoli, who's, uh, you know, had his first day at Juventus yesterday, going over the facilities and whatnot, speaking with Allegri, speaking with some of the players. That is going to be a big, big uh, part of his first task is cleaning up the dead weight. McKenny, Artur, Zakaria, man, good luck. So sounds uh, a lot like what Tiago Pinto inherited two years ago at Roma. Uh, yeah. Same same situation in terms you got a clean house from the old sporting director, bad purchases, and, and it, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot of work for these guys. Oh yeah, it's it's huge. And uh, like I mean, if we're talking about not being able to move on until that's kind of done. That's a problem. Like that's a big problem. So when we hear about Sergei Malikovich Savage having agreed terms, which is what we heard halfway through this past year, which I honestly believe number one, because of uh, one of the guys that uh, has been saying is very credible. Uh, so the credible guys are backing it up. And the fact that there's just not enough interest for whatever reason leads me to believe that it's kind of, it's kind of there waiting for him. And I think if it's not this summer, if we can't get it right to make it out, I think in January he's coming, to be honest. Lotito's not going to let him go for nothing. Like, he's got to get some. So I'm just thinking January if it doesn't go down this summer. But everything I'm gathering says Juve's pushing hard to make it happen this summer. So we'll see. I think maybe we can spend a little time talking about, I don't know if it's an elephant in the room, but I think the, the Mercado kind of kicked off with Vlahovic doing a will he leave will won't he leave um, rumors where he came out and asked for a, a move out of Turin um, this summer and then it kind of got shot down obviously by by Juve and the club so where do you think that saga ends up do you think it becomes a saga throughout the the, the window as those types of rumors so often have staying power or do you think this is something where it's it's much ado about nothing Vlahovic is going to be here next season and there's really not much that that could happen to change that yeah so the Vlahovic one was uh he's it's a tough guy to really get a read on like throughout the season a lot of fans just kind of felt like you know what this guy's gonna ask to leave like he's visibly frustrated all this and whatnot the offers this is what i feel about just juve in general i think honestly every single player is in play if the offer's strong enough based on our situation bremer vlaovic and chiesa I would not be surprised if any one of those guys gets dealt if a strong enough offer comes in. I don't think Juve wants to. I don't think Juve is going out there like, hey, we we got to sell these guys or whatnot. But I think if they're all in play, if a strong enough offer comes in, what we've been hearing for a while now, a couple of weeks now, is that Chiesa is the one drawing a lot of interest and Vlaovic just isn't. He's got teams interested, but nobody's really like chomping at the bit ready to go all in for a number that would convince Juventus. And that's kind of where it's at. The interest of where the number needs to be isn't quite there. Bremer is potentially close. Bremer is one that uh, I would hate to see go because I think it needs to be the opposite for Juventus. I think we need to find a top partner for him next to him. I have faith in Gatti, but I think Panucci needs to go. We need to figure out that like, he had a great time, you know, career was good, whatever. You kind of pissed us off with the Milan thing, whatever, but took balls to come back and face the music. You did it, whatever. That's cool. The time has come. We can't trust you against Cremonese. You got to go. Okay. Rugani, funny enough, all the years that we should have dealt, dealt him, we didn't. And now he's kind of been reliable for two years. I have no problem with him. And he's happy. He's happy to be fourth or fifth, whatever, on the depth chart. Cool. Cool. Deventer can come in and help. Gatti can uh, be a guy that can rotate in with the tops. But if you find a solid partner for Bremer, then I think we're cooking. And then you get some fullback help. Cambiasso could come in and help, but Parisi would be a big sign in, man. So it's uh, it's a tough one. But I honestly think they're all in play, man. I think they're all in play. Vlaovic is a wild card. I just don't think a team's going to come in for the number it's going to take. Not for Vlaovic. Chiesa and Bremer? I think so. We could I think see the something. only the only Vlahovic thing that would make sense is if there's a team that's like seriously thinks they have a chance at Harry Kane and then find out that they don't, but they would set aside a decent sum for him and they're willing to kind of just, you know, dump that in front of Juve and, and see if they bite. I think that's really the only scenario that makes sense. And, and from what I can tell. Yeah. And it's just like this thing with like, I don't know what the hell is it with Juve or whatnot, but like I watched the Tonali sale, whatever. And I'm like, why is Juve always getting lowball? 
always. <laughs> it feels like every freaking time. And I'm like, you know what? Because you stand haven't sold anybody in Newcastle stop. yet. <laughs> stop, stand your ground and stop selling for Christ's sake. That's what it comes down to. Just be like, no, whatever, move on. Like, I just don't get it. But yeah, we just get lowballed. And that's why I just don't. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a scenario where none of those three get dealt and they all remain this season. And I actually yeah. think there's a strong chance they all remain. That's we'll kind of my, my feeling too, but we'll see. And, and I think you mentioned if one of them goes, it's probably least likely Vlaovic. I think part of that's the price they paid for him, right? They paid 81 yeah. and a half million euros for him. So you've only amortized like a couple years worth of that two years. Right. And what, what, he's got to be on at least a five-year contract at this point, I would imagine. It's like a so, year and a half into a five year. Yeah. So, five year. So yeah. you got three and a half years of that transfer because they, they, they tend to break those down over the length of the contract. So you need yeah. a big number to cover that. Whereas Chiesa, you maybe if you get 50, like some of these rumors are swirling, you probably maybe have 30 left on it and you can, you know, say we have a plus 20 million uh, plus Valenza kind of deal. And, and, and that's why he, he's a little more, I think, attractive of a sale. At yeah. this and point. Here, here's the thing too. I mean, we've, we're spoiled these last five, maybe even 10 years with guys like Ronaldo and Messi and Ibrahimovic and Harry Kane is an example. 20 goal scorers don't grow on trees. He's the hardest to replace, right? If he's going to be half of what they thought he would be coming from Fiorentina, that's not a guy that is easily replaceable. Yeah. That's one of the things for me too, is uh, it's just, when I start looking at the list, of the possibilities and even like Chiesa whatnot it is it, even Bremer for instance I'm looking at the possibilities the options behind it whatnot it's just yeah I think Juve it's in their best interest to clean things up clean up the uh locker room and just whatever get to the bottom of all this uh nonsense that you're hearing behind the scenes and just get everybody on board and move forward um make your sales you're probably gonna have to sacrifice some young guys which is fine because we have for the first time in probably as long as I can remember a ridiculous plethora of young talent. So UV next gen's doing a fantastic job. And uh, even uh, uh, Tonyozzi who actually is being sought after by a few clubs right now has been incredible for scouting for those guys. Um, he might leave us, which would actually be a big, big loss. Cause he's done, uh, he's been a huge, huge player for Juve Next Gen in terms of the scouting. All these guys, Yield is Houston, um, Nolan J, like all of them. So that would be, that's one I'm kind of keeping eyes on that we're not hearing, a, like I'm not hearing enough on because I want the guy to stay. And when Romeo Gresti came on uh, the show, whatever, he had nothing but good things to say about this guy. Now all of a sudden I'm hearing he's going to leave and I'm like, oh, that hurts because this is big for Juve too. Having all that talent because it can allow you things like this, things to work up your, uh, even though it's a touchy subject for us uh, after this year plus Valenza, but that's what these things are, right? They can help you big time on the books. You can use them as bargaining chips and swap deals and stuff too. And it, it helps us, helps us maneuver. So that's a big thing that we, uh, yeah, just uh, like I said, we have so many right now that's going to make a difference. We can't keep them all around. We have a lot of them. Some have to go. It's going to be interesting to see what decisions they make on the young guys, considering how many we have that could potentially be really good for us. Sule is one, even Ranocchia, that's being the name drop for uh, um, Parisi there. Man, he's, he's got a lot of potential too, but uh, I still think him and Sule, I would be okay with. Uh, moving on from the young guys. Illing Jr.'s name's getting thrown mm -hmm. out a lot, but I think this past year he should have been used more, and I'm looking for him to be included a lot more in this upcoming season. So you mentioned Juntili's in from Napoli. His first order of business is to clean house and get rid of some of this dead weight, finalize some of these deals. Um, it sound, sounded to us like you're, you're pretty happy with that appointment. What do you make of it? And, you know, what's the remainder of his plan without this Champions League money coming in? Yeah, I think uh, he's going to work off what Mana's kind of got going on and kind of ease in and help where he can. I think connections and relationships are going to come in big for a guy like Juntali if he's helping a guy like Mana who's worked with Next Gen and now trying to get up there. So um, as far as being happy about it, absolutely. We haven't had an actual sporting director since Marota, right? So, yeah, this was a must. This was long overdue. 
after the uh, mismanagement that's gone on for several years now, when you're looking at numbers like that, coming from a club that over the decade of dominance was one of the top earners out of Champions League, and then you find yourself with a roster that we had that needs a lot of work, has a lot of patchwork to be done, and you find yourself in a hole of 250 million euros, like that's a big, big problem. So we, yeah, there was a lot of mismanagement uh, done there, obviously Paratici and then Yelly ultimately for letting it go down and get to that point. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped on a guy like uh, Juntali who's got a ton of experience. And uh, man, if you look at the numbers with him in terms of how he maneuvers, how he works, uh, uh, Mercados and whatnot, it's very, very Marota-esque and whatnot. So I'm expecting good results. All right. So we'll take that as the wrap up for Mercato uh, discussion. I think we'll close things out. We'll, we'll acknowledge that it's the, still the first week of July. So there's plenty of off season yet to go, but let's uh, let's try and get our crystal balls out and take a look at what we expect to happen in the next season. I think first we'll start, we'll, you know, put you in the position of, of being executive at Juve and, and you're, you know, working behind the scenes. What do you think the club's goals will be for this upcoming season? Do you think they're they're looking to win trophies? Is it is the Scudetto still like the must-have? Um, where do you think they're going to kind of set their measurements for success when they when they look at the end of the season? I think it's going to ultimately depend on how the Mercado ends, because if they can land, if they can round out the roster and get like that marquee man they want and still shore up fullback with solid acquisition. I honestly think Serie A is going to be open. I, I actually really, really feel that way. And um, yeah, obviously it's hard to make that call right now, but Coppa Italia, I mean, I expect us to compete for that and maybe take it for the Scudetto. I would like to see us in that, uh, top two going for whatnot but ultimately i can't make that call if we're going to be in there until i see how the roster shapes up come the end of it and we're going to always have a big question mark as long as paul pogba's around because of his body if you can get pogba for the majority of the season i think he makes the world of difference for uv and yeah but what do i expect definitely definitely top four 100 in the top four and challenging for that Copitalia for sure for so sure. Berto, the Al Juve cast fan and, and and content creator, if Juve finish in the top four next season, there we'll say they're in the finals for the Copa Italia. Anything with with uh, with the Conference League? Any expectations there? Conference League, I would. Uh, I'm treating it as like a a great experience thing for the young guys, but I still think, yeah, depending on how that roster shapes up, oh for sure. You got you got to make a run, just like you made a run in uh, Europa League and whatnot. I'd always say that Juve's goal needs to be to get after whatever's in front of them, and I honestly feel that way. I kind of feel that way from a mentality aspect and an approach standpoint. Should always be the case, no matter who the players are on the roster. That's why I struggled to connect totally with Max Allegri 2.0 because I feel that that has been lost on the team and you don't see that you just don't see that in their approach and their style whatsoever. And I, I always said for a lot of the games, half of the battle for me, and I will just be happy if I can see this team fight and get after it every single game and live that Juventinita, right. And that, that Grinta and that Fino alla fine. And it's just been lost. And it's like, we're, we've been in this transition for several years and we just can't, reestablish or even just build a foundation of an identity to just move forward with. And I feel like some of the guys have it and some of the guys don't, but ultimately like as a coach, he's also been involved in the build. And when he shit talked the build and when he said, this team is not built to win that comment pissed me right off because like Max, you've been around for two years now. You've had final say on all the moves. Like yeah. you like saying that is, is <laughs> yeah. You saying that is essentially you bad mouthing yourself. Yeah. So yeah, he's just got to get it together and uh, work on that uh, identity and that spirit and get that fight out of all the guys you pay high, high wages on a guy like Paredes. This was your guy. You wanted him out. We shipped out Rovella for another loan. You would have been better off 
you know, getting out of that mode, taking in the young kid with everything to prove who had a hell of a season when he was in there for uh, Monza there. So yeah, he, he's got to kind of get it together and start leaning on the right guys. And I do feel he did somewhat start to do that with Gatti, definitely with Fajoli and whatnot, but you still had those doubts in there. Like Illing Jr. for me, when Kostic was played so many minutes and Illing Jr. is waiting there and you've got a team that is struggling to score goals and create. And this guy is nothing but pure electricity. The second he steps on there, he's thinking like direct to the area in goal, whatnot. I don't know, man. Max kind of has to mix up it better, but that identity definitely goes with what the guys out there and leaning on the right guys. He's got to start doing that for sure. But that's one thing I need to see next year. And, and I was just talking to a couple Juventini yesterday at, at a barbecue. And I said to him, I said, as a Roma fan, Juve doesn't scare me anymore. Like, you know, like a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, when, when Juve was really in their, their big run they were on, like, if you were going to the Allianz, you, you had a bad feeling. Like, I was always, you know, as a fan, you're always hopefully your team can get a result. But you're like, probably no point out of this match. Not anymore. And, and you see that even with this, the, the provincial clubs, right? Past couple of years, they dropped so many points to provincial clubs that they would have never dropped under Conte or under Allegri the first time around. They, they just don't have that fight. And it's the complete opposite of what I'm seeing with Mourinho at Roma, where he's instilled that fight. And with Allegri, it's kind of been lost now. So it, it, it's a... It's a very interesting dynamic, just like comparing different managers and the way they can build up a club or maybe not build up a certain players in a club. And I think Juve does need to find that, especially because, like you said, you know, now you're in the conference. League, you don't have the Champions League money to go and, and throw money at people. You're trying to get out of a financial hole and you need to get the guys who are here to buy in. And, and you mentioned the youngsters not playing enough. And I feel like Allegri's still stuck in that old Italian mentality where the youngsters sit or go out on loan and they, it takes forever to get them in, ingrained in like a, a good first team that's fighting for something instead of on, you know, that most clubs I think are starting to move away from that now, finally, uh, after we've seen success in other leagues by other clubs with younger players, but like, you got to play those guys like Ravella, like you said, like that's a guy who should, Paredes is not that good. I can tell you, cause he started at Roma. He's not that good. He went to Zenit for a reason. Um, I, that that's like a, a silly move and 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 Bro. hindsight's 2020, but that, that's a talented kid. Oh yeah. Paredes' highlight of the season was kicking Tonali in the shins, for God's sakes. That was like his, <laughs> his highlight moment for Juventus. I, I think they like put out a clip thanking him for the season, whatnot. And I was like, where are you finding highlights? It wasn't even highlights, it was his blue eyes, like the whole video. I'm like, yeah, that's all you have, like his hair and his his blue eyes. I wanted him to stay so bad last year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the U.S. tour. I'll be there in a couple weeks in Santa Clara when they play at Barcelona. So uh, looking forward to seeing guys like Yildiz, uh, Rovella, obviously. And, uh, yeah, just seeing they're supposed to have a training session the day before. So I'll be checking that out. And, uh, cool. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I was uh, throwing some heckling out last season in Los Angeles when they were there and whatnot. And I was like, man, work on the offense. You guys need to score goals. <laughs> and and sure enough, we saw what happened last season. But, yeah, they literally, like, train all just from back to the midfield and, like, just breaking lines, whatever this. And then it would just get to, like, Vlaovic, and the drill would just end, whatever. And I'm like, man, finish off some plays, whatever. And then they had a finishing section. Needless to say, it was pretty uh, abysmal watching them try to finish, especially Weston McKinney. It was it was pretty rough, <laughs> pretty rough. And I'm like, man, get somebody else. Plan, stop planning on McKinney to be your finisher, okay? But it was funny. It was it was fun to watch. I'm gonna I'm looking forward to that in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, when we're talking about the young guys, Max definitely has to he has to get stuck in there on these kids because uh, this is one of the things. Now, what are we trying to do? As a club, are we going to fully commit to a build or are we going to try to patch it year after year after year before finally saying, look, this is going to be the core. We got to ride it out and take the lumps with it and just wait for it to finally progress and hit there. You, of course, still have to have your balance with some vets, but ultimately the coach has to back what the actual plan is. And some fans still question the planning based on some of the moves we made. And they're still hung up on a lot of rumors. That's why I say, wait till the Mercado's finished. But Max still shows signs every now and then of not truly having 
that faith, enough faith in these guys to take them through uh, these moments and whatnot in this particular moment that Juve's in. So we'll see. We got fans calling for Dean Houston, who's 17 years old, to come in and play starting, like, play center back this season. It's, here. it's like, okay, guys, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Not to that level that we need Max to just show all the faith. But, you know, Illing Jr., a guy like that. Um, and uh, we'll see what he does with Wea uh, But Fajoli, Rovella, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. And the Rabio signing. It's kind of got some fans feeling like, okay, what are, is this going to cut into minutes from some of these other guys? Because if all of a sudden you have a Pogba that's more healthy, now Rabio, you've got him on this seven mil for one year. Is that going to take away minutes from not only Fajoli, but Rovella as well? What are you planning to do in the midfield? Questions come up. And now all of a sudden we're still talking about potentially Sergei Milinkovic Savage. So what are we doing to the minutes for these young guys? It's, it's very interesting to see how it all plays out. All right. Well, we will close out our episode with one of our favorite segments. It's buy or sell. So, Berto, we're going to get you to comment on record that will stand the test of time, uh, make some predictions, and then we'll maybe revisit this at the end of the season, see how close we all were. Um, I'll start out with the easy one. Uh, right now, we've got the, the odds for uh, teams to win the Scudetto, the Futures. Uh, Juventus right now are sitting at plus plus. 333. So for those that may not be familiar with American odds, that's a hundred dollars wins you $333. Are you buying Juve to win the Scudetto at that price? Man, optimistic all the time. Yeah, I'll do it. I'm taking it. Whatever. I'll say on record when we talked to uh, Milan last episode, I said, if I had to pick one club out of this list right now, Juventus at plus 333 was where I was at just because I'll give the rest of the list. Inter Milan are at plus 200, Napoli plus 250, AC Milan plus 500, Roma plus 1,000, Lazio plus 1,200. I think of those clubs, really the one that feels the best, I guess, at this moment is, is Juve. I was uh, looking at that too when you guys sent it over and looking at those odds, and I was like, oh, man, way better yeah. than what I thought. I'm taking it. Yeah. I'm taking it for sure. So, I think I honestly do feel, like I said earlier on the show, like it's going to be wide open. I really do feel it's going to be open. Yeah. So No, I think we agree, and, and these odds will shift a lot before the season starts, they'll obviously shift well into the season. Um, I think, listen, you're, you're a fan, you know, this team better than anybody, you know, the league exceptionally well. So um, if you're comfortable with them at that price, I like it. I, you know, Scotty and I were saying you kind of have to live in that value world where like, do you take a shot with Milan or maybe a Roma or a Lazio, not necessarily because you think they're going to win, but because the league is that wide open. And that's kind of where it is, right? So I, I think Juve has as good of a shot as a, a Napoli or an Inter, you know, as as anybody. Oh, yeah. Plus 200 on uh, Inter, 250 Napoli. Man, Juve at 300? Yeah. 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 Definitely the best price. All right. Uh, I'm going to nail you down on a prediction for Conference League. Um, I'm going to make it a little easier, though. I'm going to say buy or sell, Juve make an appearance in the Conference League Finals. I'll give you a little refresher in case you're interested in some of the teams that we got right now. So the top teams in the uh, tournament as it stands are going to be Aston Villa out of the Premier League. You got Frankfurt out of the Bundesliga. Juve, of course. Uh, Lille will be coming out of League One. And then we've got some of our you know teams that pop up in these European competitions from time to time. So uh, FC Twent is going to be in it. Uh, Meatland. And of course, uh, the all-time Roma bogey club, uh, Bodo Glimt, will also be in Conference League this season. So... Of those teams, you're giving that competition. Do you think Juve will be in the finals come, I guess it would be May uh, 2024? If we're in that competition, we're at least semis like Europa League, and I say we, I say we get in there. I've got a, a bold, bold prediction for uh, Max Allegri's uh, third season. All right, Coach, as the resident Conference League most recent champion of on this pod or on the podcast right now. What do you think? You think Juve are going to be in the finals come May? I think it all depends how seriously they take it because sometimes these big Italian clubs look down at a competition like this. Thank uh, you for we, calling Lazio a big club. I appreciate well, that. I should say many Italian clubs. I shouldn't say big clubs. <laughs> but um, I, I think it'll be interesting because, um, you know, Roma, when they were there, they prioritized it because they hadn't won a trophy in a while. Um, Juve's won things more recently. They're more competitive domestically um, in the past decade. 
or, or plus um, in terms of even even the Copa Italia. So I think it, it depends how much value they put onto it. Who drops down from Europa League? You know, you can get a you get a tricky club that drops down. Um, and I, I think it really comes down to is the ambition there to expend energy for what some would say is is not a trophy that's worth it. Ooh. I'm telling you, the worst Juve season that we in I want to say in my lifetime, but definitely in recent memory, right? Last year. If they have the same exact season, to me, it's an absolute failure if they're not at least in the finals of this game, based on the teams that Scotty just rifled off, um, based on everything we know. I I have to buy that they get to a final and probably even win the tournament. All right. We're going to make a, a player-specific prediction here. We talked about the struggles of, of – uh, leading goal scorers at UVA last season. Um, Lavic underperformed a little bit by expectations. So I'm going to set the over at 15 and a half league goals for whoever ends up being Juventus, Juventus's uh, leading goal scorer, whether that be Vlahovic, assuming he stays. I know Rabio had eight last season, or maybe there's a player to be named later, like Wea. Do you, are you going to buy the over in that, that you'll have a, a single player netting 16 or more goals in Serie A? next season or do you think it'll be less in Syria alone less yeah less less no going bounce over. back from Vlahovic next no, going no, over I'm going over has to be I think if All they're right. gonna get to any of these goals that Berto set they have to have a close to 20 goal no, score have to Berto you just talked about how Allegri's gonna have to open things gonna up be, next season I think it's gonna be spread out I think it'll be spread okay. out team effort all right coach break yeah. the break the break the tie for us you, you've taken the over 15 and a half or under I'm thinking I'm leaning under here uh, just based on tactics that we've seen from Allegri the last two years. I, I think like Berto said, it's hard to get a guy to score that many goals. I mean, Vlaovic is his 80 million euro signing and last year gets 10 goals in Serie A and, and played two thirds of the games in the season. So even if he plays all 38, he's probably getting what about 15. So he's right on the cusp of that. Uh, I, I, it's hard to see it. Sounds like it's a good line. All right. Speaking of Allegri's tactics, I will close out with the final buy or sell, and it's going to be under 32 and a half league goals allowed next season. For record, this season they allowed 33 across all 38 matches in Serie A. Are you are you buying the under 32 and a half in this one, Alberto? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I am Nick. What says you? I'm going over. I think they're close to a goal against. Per game team. I, I think they'll be in that 35 range, 35 to 38. All right, coach, break the tie. I'll go over it. it. It's a fairly low number. I mean, even Napoli when the Scudetto this year was at 28, and that was having an outstanding season defensively. I'm going to go over 32 and a half. Even with Allegri's tactics, though, coach, you just took the under on Vlahovic because of Allegri's tactics. Just looking for consistency. That's all I want. <laughs> it sounds like I'm the most optimistic uh, UVA supporter of this episode. Just I'm going to be optimistic and say they're going to go under that number. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the goal score is going to be spread out. But I think, Max, the third year, I think we're going to be surprised at Juventus uh, this season with him turning down offers, whatever. I think he's going to be – I think it's an ego thing. I think the fact that Conte was in our house – had a meeting with Calvo and they actually were discussing it. That was all legit. And I think it's an ego thing now. And Max is more driven than ever. I think we're going to be surprised. And I think there was a technical signing that kind of got went under the radar that is actually intended to help this team offensively a bit too. I think we're going to be surprised. I think this season, I really do. Awesome. Well, Berto, we can't, again, cannot thank you enough for coming on. Please, please, please let the listeners know where to find you and your team. Um, you know, again, cannot overstate it. The sheer volume of content that these guys put out there, absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, listen, I, I feel sometimes I feel like the social media world is against Juve, right? Because it, it's fun that they're the enemies, but cannot say enough good things about what you guys are doing. So please let everybody know how to find you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so we got uh, the Twitter account's pretty big. That's where you'll find all the news and fun stuff. And we love banter, too. And Nick knows that he sees it all the time with uh, rival fans and stuff. We love that. Um, we have fun with it. Uh, as long as people, you know, don't get personal. You keep it, you get, just keep it away from that. We're all good. We love the banter, all right? YouTube, 
uh finally hit 4k on subs and climbing so uh yeah you can find all our daily update videos there and then that's where all the podcasts go and live shows and everything and uh we've got Mirko Di Natale coming up this Sunday for a live show and then I'm gonna have a ton of content while I'm out there uh for the tour in the states in a couple weeks in Santa Clara and then uh there's a big big event coming up late October in Toronto, and there is quite the guest list of uh, UV legends that I'll be interviewing and stuff. So I'm pretty pumped for that. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find us. And of course, TikTok, some fun stuff. News if you're on the go. News in 90 seconds. That one's always fun during Mercado season. But uh, yeah, we're all over the place. Awesome. And that's uh, Berto underscore AJC and at the underscore AJC underscore on Twitter. That's where we get most of our interactions. So chances are somebody's listening is on Twitter. So definitely again, appreciate it, Berto. Uh, looking forward to this year. We're going to revisit these takes maybe before the season starts halfway through at the end, I'll be the one bragging, I'm sure, but wishing you and you the best of luck. And uh, thank you again for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. A lot of fun.